Programming supported by the Ordway, presenting Nice Work If You Can Get It, a new 1920s-era Broadway musical featuring Gershwin hits, glittering costumes, and an unlikely love story. On stage October 14th through 19th. Tickets available at ordway.org. This Marketplace podcast is supported by the American Payroll Association, thanking payroll professionals during National Payroll Week, September 1st through 5th. More at nationalpayrollweek.com. On this Labor Day, what we get for our work and what we're not getting, and what that label Made in America really means. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. In New York, I'm Lizzie O'Leary, in for Kai Rizdahl. It is Monday, the first day of September, Labor Day, and it is great to have you here. And this being a federal holiday and all, hopefully most of you are not working. But since it's Labor Day, we thought it would be a good time to check in on how much most American workers are getting paid for their labor these days. The answer? Not a whole lot more than they were three decades ago, relatively speaking. That's according to a new study of census data from the Economic Policy Institute. From our Wealth and Poverty desk, Marketplace's Chrissy Clark has more. When Jamad Reed started his job as a cashier at a Walmart near Cincinnati... I was making eight fifteen an hour. That was two years ago, but since then, he told me he's gotten a couple raises. Congratulations. Thanks, I guess. If you detect a slight lack of enthusiasm there, that's because those raises have been pretty small. They've kept up with inflation, but just barely. As of March of this year, Reed started making nine oh five an hour. I'm stuck. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm stuck in the same spot. Stuck is a pretty good word to describe wages for most American workers over the last few decades, not just in the case of lower-wage workers like Reed, but along much of the income spectrum, except the 1%, of course. Elise Gould is with the Economic Policy Institute. If we look at wages at the very top of the wage distribution, those with the most education and the highest wages, and the median worker as well. On average, Gould says wages for all these workers have seen little to no growth since the late 1970s, if you adjust for inflation. That's not to say individual workers haven't seen gains, but... As productivity has continued to rise, workers' wages, typical workers' wages, simply have not. A half century ago, in the first few decades after World War II, back then, as the nation's productivity grew, so did wages. So what happened? This is like one of the questions that people are are arguing about right now. <laughs> Linda Barrington runs the Institute of Compensation Studies at Cornell University. Is this about the loss of bargaining power and workers aren't able to regain these productivity gains, perhaps in the way they could when labor unions were stronger. Or, Barrington wonders, have shareholder returns just become more important to business strategy? As opposed to sharing the returns and the gains to all of the employee base. Whatever the reasons, Barrington says stagnating wages don't just affect individual wallets. Because, don't forget, every worker is also a consumer. And consumers are what drive the modern American economy. I'm Chrissy Clark for Marketplace. Since it's quiet around here today, I've been doing a little online shopping in my downtime. And poking around on the Internet, I wound up on the Walmart website where I noticed they were touting products made in the USA and also made in the USA with imported parts. Marketplace's Adrian Hill checked out what those labels really mean. Let's start things off with a little Demi Lovato. 
Who knows, just like retailers out there, there is something fundamentally appealing about products, love, whatever. Made in America is is a very important consideration for many Americans. Michelle Amazine is a professor of advertising at Ryder University. There's a perception, she says, that things made here are better quality and that buying them will help keep jobs in the country. It is a very powerful label. But if you want to put it on your product, you better mean it. Julia Solomon Inzor is an attorney with the FTC, which has a riveting 37-page document outlining the standard. If a marketer wants to make an unqualified made-in-the-USA or other U.S. origin claim, then the marketer needs to have substantiation that that product is actually all or virtually all made in the USA. That means a lovely lamp that is assembled in the U.S. with American-made brass and American...